0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring.
1: Hey, <laughs> okay, one thing the game needs is more people like
0: you. You, you. still have grown Man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts, this is Daniel Bard, this is Steve Alge, Jared Saltzlamaki. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball, is baseball, baseball isn't boring. Welcome to baseball isn't boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford.
2: Well, baseball isn't boring in large part because of excellent, excellent, excellent pitchers. Who, uh, who really have inspired a lot of young pitchers coming up. And w- one person that falls under that umbrella is Billy Wagner, um, a guy who I voted for the Hall of Fame, and we're going to get to that in a second. But first of all, man, what a thrill it is to talk to you, Billy. Uh, so good to hear from you. I covered you briefly. Like when I say briefly, I mean briefly <laughs> with, with the Red Sox. But, uh, but yeah. it's, it's good to hear from you. How you doing?
1: I'm great. I really appreciate you having me on here. Uh, you know, uh, great opportunity, and it's always great to talk baseball.
2: All right. Well, okay. So in case people uh, are not familiar with your work, which if you aren't, then you aren't following baseball, but we're here to educate and, and entertain. Uh, so I am going to go down some of the list of your credentials. And this I'm going to cite Cooperstown Cred for this, which is, a great website when it comes to giving sort of the pros and cons of each Coop, uh, Hall of Fame uh, member or, or candidate. So here we go. So you have Houston Astros. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Billy, but I don't think I am. Uh, Astros 95 to 2000 2003. Phillies 2004 to 2005. Mets 2006 to 2009. The aforementioned. Half a year with the Boston Red Sox in 2009, and then the Braves 2010. 422 career saves, six most all-time. Career 231 ERA, second best in the last 100 years to Mariano Rivera. I think people might know who he is. Uh, 187 adjusted ERA+. plus, That is also second best all-time Major League history to Rivera. Career... strikeouts per nine innings. That is the best in MLB history. Career 0.998 whip. Per, that's obviously walks per hits for nine innings. Second best in MLB history is somebody named Addy Joss. And seven-time All-Star, which is always nice to go to the All-Star game. So, in case you were woke up this morning, Billy, feeling down about yourself, I'm here to build you up. There you go. You should feel pretty good about things. Already walking on clouds. <laughs> All right, so... Of all the things that I mentioned, like obviously you know this is what we do this we go through sort of the candidacies and and the the credits and the accomplishments of all the things individually because i I know you're a team guy, but individually, of all these numbers, maybe I rattle off or anything else, what is the thing that you sort of hang your hat on the most that you're like, okay, you know what that's pretty dang good well, I tell
3: you
1: you know I think uh uh batting, slugging against, batting average against. Uh, I mean, if you're, you know, when you're dominant, people aren't getting on base, period. Uh, ERA can be, it can be suspect. Uh, You know, I think it's, you know, I I think it's, you can, you can, well, I take my, my playoff ERA, a thousand (laughs) or a million, whatever, (laughs) you know, in, in, in that, you know, it, it looks awful, and it is awful, but I'm three for four in save opportunities, and I'm one and one. Mm-hmm. So the whole point is, you know, you can you can describe what's important and what's not important with those numbers, but when when you talk about being dominant, we all have, you know, anybody that's even in a discussion at Hall of Fame or anything like that and you talk about dominance, yeah, everybody has a different, you know, way of being dominant i mean mariano you know everybody knew what mariano was going to throw i think trevor with his change-up was phenomenal i mean it's just not but i mean when you go out there and you go hey he's striking out 33 percent of the guys that he faces and you know i think there's numbers that you're just like wow well, you know those are those are numbers when when they are brought up to me that i'm like you know because you don't you, you know as a professional athlete you get you become one of two things you, you you really become uh very egotistical about uh your how good you are or you're 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 kind of just you, you just don't pay attention to that and i was not one to really pay attention to the uh i, I never thought i was good enough to, be, to to think about my stats i was i grew up about hey you you just you never talk about your stats you never look at your stats you those aren't things if you're not winning you're a loser and so, I mean, uh, you didn't celebrate those things. I mean, there was so many things that, but now living on the backside and being able to kind of smell the roses, as they say, you know, being able to look at those stats. I mean, those are some that, for me, you know, if I if that wasn't me and I was looking at, you know, and that was somebody else, I'd be like, wow, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's pretty impressive.
3: Yeah.
2: So you, you talk about going through sort of your career and not, Feeling like you're you're worrying about winning, you're worrying about getting guys out. When did the Hall of Fame thing come on your radar? Was it was it till after you retired, or was it toward the end of your career? When did the sort of hey, you know what, I might have a chance at this? Well, I
1: tell you, you know, the biggest, you know, always wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, that, I, what kid doesn't? I mean, what kid doesn't want to stand on that podium? and look behind them and see the greatest of the greats, you know, and I think something that really spurred me was when I was in, I played in the uh, 1998 uh, all or 99 All-Star game uh, in Boston, and you walk out the 100 greatest players to ever play, and you're looking at, you know, Sandy Koufax, Robin uh, Roberts, you're, you're looking at some of the greatest of greats, you know, Ted Williams rolls out there, like, okay, <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, who doesn't want to be part of that? I mean, those are things for me that, you know, I, I like that. I liked wanting that. But I was one of those to be very apprehensive about talking about it or looking at it because it was like that uh, kiss of death. And so, you know, uh, I mean, I wanted I wanted to go out there and I knew that, you know, I had to do my job. I, I never worried about. Who was on my team in the bullpen? I mean, I had some of the greatest relievers ever to be with me, and but I never, I wanted to, I wanted to win.
0: Mm. And
1: when you when you want to win, you don't the numbers don't work because as a when you're a good player, you know when you're good
0: and you know when you're not good. Mm. And so you you don't really need the
1: uh, you don't need the pats and rubs to 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 know that. I mean, when I was bad, I stood there and took him when i was when i was good i was able to get out of the locker room a lot easier so <laughs>
0: um,
1: but those are that's just that but you know i think always want to be that you know nolan ryan was somebody i always looked up to how he how he went about his business and being able to play with guys with such uh tremendous ability like randy johnson um, pedro martinez tom glavin um having those guys on the team to kind of watch him and to pitch behind, along with playing with a Bagwell and a Biggio and countless, numerous guys that, I, you know, played against, uh, you know, I think you know, that, that's always been something. I, I mean, I literally, when I had the chance to go to New York, that was part of that, you know, we're at a part of my career. Where I'm like, hey, you know, this is this is the next, you know, place to go. If you can win in New York, you can win anywhere. And you can really kind of make your – make your bed in that and so uh that was that was part of you know that whole transition you know going from houston to philly in a trade and then then i finally have a decision where i can go that was you know but that that mindset of hey you know you, you gotta put yourself in a situation where you can win mm-hmm. and and if you're able to do it in a big market then it, it it's only better well,
2: well all of that you know and, and that's the thing is that you do it in a big market you have the numbers and by the way you 're pretty dominant all the way through, like I Billy like one of the things about Ortiz last year when he got in, I said one of the things that I thought helped him was that he uh, he was people remembered his last year like that was the last impression that they have of him and, and for you it 's the same way I mean you were do, you were good up until the end, and then but I think that obviously we know, and this is where we sort of start picking through this. Right. L- ludicrous nature, I think, of how, you know, Hall of Fame voting has gone. But, you know, I think that at the time that you first became a, a Hall of Fame eligible guy, it was a different perspective, maybe a little bit of the relief pitchers, because because they should have they should have viewed it the exact same way they viewed David Ortiz, which is look at this guy was dominant from stem to stern. And so when you got that that first round of votes, like did it surprise you? Did it surprise you the way that things were going? Well,
1: I'll be honest with you, it's just like your first trade. Mm. It really is. When when I got my first trade, I was so frustrated and so immature and didn't know what I was what I was seeing or handling it. Um, and so I remember when the Hall of Fame, you know, I really didn't even know anything about the Hall of Fame. I, I didn't even know when it started or anything. But, you know, all of a sudden you get something in the mail and, and it shows that you're on the ballot. And so I'm looking at, it and so you know, all of a sudden my kids are, really, you know, and at that point I'm coaching my oldest son in high school, and so, you know, it's a big deal. Everybody's talking about it because you know, and then you know, all of a sudden the one thing that you can't control is is very prevalent. Hmm. You you cannot control what people say,
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: it was very hard to to to, to hear the, the negativism from, from people about me because all I could do, I'd already done. There's no words I could say. There's no coming out in the press going, you know, this is, you know, what it is. And this is unfair. You know, it it didn't matter. And so, you know, it it was, it was tough the first couple of years to see that, you know, I'm I'm probably not going to get very much, uh, I'm probably not going to have a chance here. I'm probably going to be off the pallet here for long. And then, uh, I remember Reed Ryan, Nolan's son, and I were talking. He goes, he goes, you just got to be patient. Mm. He goes, he goes. People, will, people will figure it out. Uh, Jesus Ortiz from Houston, who's been a tremendous supporter of mine with uh, Richard Justice and guys down in in uh, Houston. They, they, he's done a lot of lobbying for my behalf. But they were like, hey, you know. Give it time, you know. You got to work through a lot of stuff. You had Clemens, you had Bonds, you had a lot of things going on at that time. Because I mean, you just gotta, you know, you know, just stay the course and, you know, just try not to do anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so, uh, you know, but that, you know, uh, and so that, with that, I, I really, you know, I dove into coaching because of, you know, loving loving the game, but and, and, and enjoying giving back. But it also took my mind off of what else was going on around me and so, you know, I I quit worrying about that. And there was times I didn't even know what was going on. My kids would come and go, Hey Dad, you know this happened. I I mean last year when there was a big jump in, in the uh the percentages, I, I had no idea, you know. I, my kids go, Well man, you you made a big jump and then you started getting a little people were talking a little bit more but, you know, I'm just stayed busy with with that and it's to to To
2: some degree, it's been a good thing, yeah, but you know I think it's you know and and so last year was my first year of voting for the Hall of Fame. Um, off because, you know, it's a whole other story. Um, but, but, but you know, this, Not put it this way, this, uh, the Baseball Writers Associated isn't perfect in a lot of ways. It's fine. But, um, so I had to reset. Last year was my first year of voting. So now, the one thing that I wanted to do, Billy, when I did it was I saw, when I was watching from afar, I saw how some people weren't clearly putting in the time and effort to look at things. Or, clearly making their votes on things that shouldn't matter and and when it comes to in you know i'm a big ballot guy last year i voted for 10 i voted for you uh this year i voted for eight i voted for you and um and i'm up for debate you know and what's interesting is is that the part of the fun of it is looking into like all the things that all the things that are intricate about these these votes um and I and I like you said, like I, maybe like coaching is is a good distraction, but you, you now you see also you see the all the all the things that were said early on. I would imagine you' get a whole lot more out of boys, including by the way, from our guy shoeless Joe Jackson, the only guy <laughs> the only guy shoeless Joe voted for in a ballot reveal. but it must feel good though that people are starting to take a little bit deeper dive into this, and this is why your vote total is going up
1: it does it, it does feel good I, I i mean i think not just for me per se but i mean for uh a, a, a rodriguez and for a kimberl and for because those are guys that are very dominant kenley jensen guys that are down the road you know have been so important to our game and to the league and to to the growth and i mean there is i mean i think i think uh There was a a writer, I won't say his name, but he talked about how, you know, and I I wasn't very good when it really mattered. And so, and I thought that was funny. I was like, well, for 422 times I had to be good (laughs) and it did matter because if you don't get those saves, those don't matter. And when I had save opportunities in in a postseason, you know, I'm I'm sitting at 75%, three out of four. I mean – When it did matter, it was good. Those are so you know it it is you know objectively looked at about when is it important, when are you good? Because if you watch TV and and a bullpen just melts down and you don't play good, and the closer blows a save, I mean, you know, are the Yankees the Yankees if Mariano isn't there? Mm. I mean, I I mean we can play that you know cat and mouse game, but I mean, those I think. You know, how you view guys, I mean, there's relievers that are, that definitely should be viewed differently. I think they're, you know, uh, set up guys. Oh, my gosh. I mean, a closer can't be a closer if she doesn't have guys who get him the ball. And I mean, if you're dominant in the seventh and eighth, those are, are important innings. And a lot of games that, that the game is won and lost in those innings. But I mean, you know, I think if you play professional baseball, you have longevity there is a, a way to be dominating. Mm. And when you're dominating, it, you know, it doesn't matter what part you sit in that team. I mean, um, you know, I watch today and there's just guys that are, I mean, same and guys doing 103 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's guys that just put up crazy stats. And I, I think that, you know, um, you know, players should be viewed for their dominance for what they do. Because I, you know, it's funny. I talked to, to Goose Gossage and you know, no way would Goose ever agree with you know how he closes compared to how I closed. Mm. And that's and that's okay. And I'm totally, I'm like because I'm a huge Goose fan. I love Goose. Why? Goose.
2: Because like because of the multiple inning thing, or is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, you know what? I, my first save was three inning save. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my I had a couple when I was early. That those that was the norm. And when you're when you're groomed like that. That's, that's that's a common thing. You don't even think a thing about it. But then Eckersley comes along and, you know, he, he makes it a one-inning thing. And, you know, I, I mean, he made it sexy. Mm-hmm. Eckersley made that a sexy role, you know. And, I mean, you look at Bruce Suter and these guys, Raleigh and guys like that, you can't compare today to yesterday. There's no way. There's But error to error, there's there's specific marks in that at each error that you've got guys that are – are incredibly dominating. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think the Hall of Fame will be a lot different in 10 years than it was, you know, 15 years ago to to this time because, I mean, starting pitchers won't have innings or wins or strikeouts. I mean, you won't have those guys with, you know, the Verlander numbers. I mean, he's one of very few that may even have a chance to, to get some of the numbers like they got like a that are in the Hall of Fame now. I mean, you know, it, that's crazy to think that, mm. you know. But you know, it, you know, it, it's just it's a different era, and I think we as you know society need to see who's dominating in different roles and and successful numbers don't really lie, mm. but you can manipulate them to 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 make guys better or worse.
2: Right, no, and and the you the word that you've used multiple times, which I think is important, is dominant, and and so you know I look at this, I want to see a Hall of Famer be dominant. You were dominant, there's no question about it. You know, for a long time, like I, for the position players, I tried to use you know, the the numbers were going to be all over the place. You had sort of the '90s, which is going to be different than Jim Rice's era, and but I looked at top 10, top 15 in MVP voting, because that shows you that a guy was dominant amongst his peers. Um, So I think that that's where it has to start, Billy. Like, you have to look at it as, were you dominant in your time? And clearly you were. Um, And then, and I can't be a hypocrite at the same time, is that since I've been doing this, the last couple of years, I've probably taken a deeper dive into things. And this is where I came up with Scott Rowland. You know, Scott Rowland, who has a really good chance of getting in this year. I voted for him. But I'm being hypocritical because he wasn't a top 10 MVP guy. But... He had he go if you go by war, which I think has value. Like you go by war, he's a Hall of Famer overall war, and he's a really really good player. And maybe like it's a good example of how you can you can factor in defense a little bit more than he did before. But uh, but I still for me it all begins with dominance, and and that's what you were. Um, and I think that's where we should start. I mean, it's there's no question about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the the combination of what, what that really means. I remember what was it, oh eight we were sit, I was sitting in the uh sitting in the White House with one of uh George Bush's had a, a dinner and he had all it was right after the All Star game in Yankee Stadium and I go down and I'm I'm sitting in there with a bunch of people I, I, I know I don't know and you know of course people are talking about the Hall of Fame, which you know, I, I don't realize how I'm that I'm not I'm not in that game right there. So just listening to guys talk about the Hall of Fame and their perspective and what this means and uh, how 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 the game is played. I think, you know, I love the discussion of what that means and stuff. I think it's just weird when there's no descriptive numbers to tell you where that begins and where that ends. Like, like to me, saves... I mean, you you have to have longevity to have saves, right? Uh, but but you can't. You you have no control of saves. Uh, and, you know, guys are Mariano and Trevor, and guys are going out and getting 55, 60 opportunities, and you're you're getting forty. You can't get the numbers, and th- that's just the, the numerical fact. Mm-hmm. But I think, but you have to do control what you can control, and and you know, and so. I think that's a that's a stat that really is, you know, misleading.
0: Cause, mm.
1: you know, I mean, you can't get saves that you don't have opportunities for. And so that those are misleading stats. But I think the, the stats that show dominance, you know, is uh, on-base percentage, slugging, you know, strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I watched Rob Ninn. And Rob Ninn to me was probably one of the nastiest pitchers I've ever I had the bat off of him, and it was the, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And and I'm Eddie Hopkins he's catching, and I'm, I look back and I go, "Hey, Eddie, hey, hey, throw me, haven't throw me a slider." Because everybody talks about how awesome a slider, I that slider. And I literally about crap myself, but I was like, "Oh my god, that was so awesome!" I said, "Eddie, I'm not swinging. I am not swinging. I promise you, I'm not swinging." But I, I mean, you get what you know, and that's another thing. Some of the things that really means so much to me is when you look around and a guy like nolan ryan goes hey one of the best fastballs i ever saw was billy wagner or or Derek jeter gives you that compliment or you know those are things that to me you know when you talk about those are people that know what dominance means and so you know being able to, to hear those things and you know i think your peer groups now I, you know, I wasn't probably the most liked person in the clubhouse, and I, and it wasn't because it's was just I was just about business. It wasn't about, you know, I didn't have a hate relationship with anybody, but I liked. I wanted to win.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: wanted to. That's that's what you know. I didn't want to make excuses. I didn't want to talk about why things so didn't happen. I just, I mean, I didn't do good. I just, I sucked. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good, and I got to do better. But I think you know, and I mean. That was that old school. I remember Nolan Ryan getting jumping all over me one time about talking to another player. Hmm. I mean, you know, that was the way it was back then. I mean, you didn't fret nice. You didn't do those things. You weren't, you know, you... You know, you—that's how it was, and so that was a new. That that was part of that new transitional area where everybody was friendly and fraternizing out on the field and high-fiving the buddies and hugging in center field. And you know, they—they they, the game has changed and, and and evolved so much. But you know, that you know, I was coming through that point where there was starting to get to that transition, and so it was a it was a different, hmm. you know. uh Air for me when, I mean, you go out there. I mean, Sandy Koufax comes out. When I'm in, I, I punch out. I think seven out of nine guys in with the Dodgers, and the next morning I walk out to the field, and you know, here's Sandy Koufax ho- Koufax Holler, champion I mean, and tells me, says, "Hey, you know, you're doing that wrong. You're pitching wrong." Oh, really? <laughs> What I mean, you know that, but that's the freedom they they had. And you know what? I never, not one time did I go, Sandy. What do you know? I mean, I I was so flattered that he would sit there and tell me that I wasn't very doing it the right way. He never said I wasn't good. He just, but I mean, I I went I, I go on to find out, you know, I I, I have Tommy John and I'm down in Port St. Lucie rehab, and guess who comes and spends a week with me? There's Sandy Koufax. Wow, he's down there. So I mean, you know, those are guys who. Play a role in my life and credibility because when you hear uh, when you hear that the, the Phil Negro or the the Bruce Suter go, hey, you could have played with us. Mm-hmm. You were you could have you could. That's when you go. Well, you know what, regardless of what happens, you telling me that I could have played with you guys because I looked up to you guys. I mean, those were you know I, I like that. That to me is the credibility and, and stuff. I, I mean, I like that. I mean, that
2: was that old way of thinking. You know, uh, and you, you talked about saves, and there's only so much you can do, and I agree with you. I mean, saves are nice, and this is sort of one of the reasons why, you know, closers like who were chasing the Hall of Fame back in there, I know a couple, I'm not saying you, but other guys are like, hey, I know I need saves because they're going to look at saves, and that's going to be the be-all, end-all. But I remember – in that brief time you were in Boston and I, I think I told you this the other day, if if I if I had to pay five dollars every time I use the example, you'd be even richer than you are. Because I've used you gave me you gave me a perspective which I thought was so telling. Because it was the whole, you know, you came in, Papelbon was there, and you talked about the difference between the eighth inning and ninth inning. And um we said this is there was a difference. There there was a difference, there was hitters approached it differently umpires approach it differently you know uh pitchers approach it differently it was just different and because that was I think the first time that you in a long time that you had to sort of experience that um and I'm saying this because I think this is a should be a feather in the cap of anybody who pitches in the ninth inning these days whereas we're devaluing it saying oh you know our best guys coming in the seventh inning I I don't know if you still agree but I still think that getting those final three outs is probably a little bit different And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to
0: 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Oh, well, I'll tell you right now, you ask any closer with any longevity, how many times... There was somebody warming up for him you know when he was battling through an, an inning you know it, there, not many not many and when that 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 coach made that walk of shame out there to pick you up oh <laughs> that that was that was a that's gut-wrenching but i mean there it is it is different it is different there's a rush there's an adrenaline the that's that's the end all say all if you're out there and pitching these these the hitters have to you have to attack, you have to be on offense and once you are you make the hitter defensive, all of a sudden the game changes for you. It's a little bit different. And when you walk out of that that uh, bullpen and they look up and they go, Oh crap, here comes Wagner. He's got a he's got a low ERA, high strike. Yes, let me tell you something. They know that I'm p- pounding strikes and I'm coming at you and I now they have to focus a little different where, you know, the guy you come in at eighth and I mean and that was a luxury I had so many times where you had an hotel on ledge to to walk in in front of you I mean they were going to shut it down and get get you the ball you know you had some really really good guys in front of me to help me to get to that point but I mean that that really you know shuts the door down I mean Pat's going out there in the ninth, and you know you know his numbers everybody knew what he was bringing you you're no secret but but there's an intensity to what. They, the hitter has to, to deal with and there's there's a you know, you you just you don't have that sit back and wait opportunity. Mm-hmm. You, you might have it in the seventh and eight, uh, but you, you don't have it in the in the ninth.
0: Hmm.
2: So what what do you make of how bullpens are being used these days? Uh, there's still closers, obviously, you know, and you know, but it almost feels like teams feel like they they are morphing to you have to have two closers. And I know that there was sort of that the, the used the the most prevalent example like Wetland Rivera going back in the day, yeah. you had two closers, but now I think that the way they look at it isn't even necessarily the eighth as a setup guy. They're looking at it. All right, we're going to bring in our 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 closer guy, our one closer guy in the seventh, because we're going to hit the meat of the order then, and then we're going to hit the other closer guy in the ninth. Um, what's your perspective of of how bullpens are being used now?
1: Well, I, I, I think it goes back to your dominance. You know, as as a if I'm a professional, and you know, I'll take you know. Yeah, let me take the Phillies because I was just on talking with the Phillies about uh, Kimbrel, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Robbie Thompson was talking about being situational and, and stuff like it. The whole goal is to win baseball games. It's it's not about how sexy you can be. It's about winning baseball games. And so, it, you know, the worst probably thing was ever invented was somebody going, "You're a closer. You're a setup man." You know, the title of being a reliever. Changes that if you if your color change then then nobody cares when you're used the, the closer uh, you know closes the inning out so you know if they want to create that about winning then I think then I think you throw all that up but I mean today's game I mean you're starting relievers in World Series games I mean mm. I, I mean I was almost I've never I've never seen that along with anybody else I mean you might have a long man that starts in the World Series because. We've had some long games, but or you know extra inning games and things like that. But I've never seen it where, oh, we're going to start this uh, one inning guy to start the game, and then we're gonna then we're gonna work backwards to our starter. You know, I you I mean it's the game has evolved in a lot of ways, and you know, uh, in some ways, you know, you know it works. I mean, but but you know it's not traditional baseball, and you know for traditionalists like myself you know everybody's looking at it going wow well, why would you do that you no. know it's it's different but you know you know there, there's nothing wrong with exploring these things and seeing how it works I mean if it works it's all about winning baseball i mean to have two closers I, you know i mean do you really take out? Is Mariano Rivera ever going to be taken out? After, I mean, Mariano's going through three <laughs> days. You know, that, that fourth that that fourth day, I guarantee, Joe you, Torre's going to go. How do you feel? I mean, you know, there's there's a point where that that doesn't work like that. But um, but I, I mean, you know, I think for a guy like a, a Kimbrel who has established himself and going to get 400 saves here soon, you know, I mean. You gotta allow him to be bad before you go, hey, right. gotta, kinda gotta do some stuff. I mean, to me, that, I mean, if you're going out there and Kimball is the normal Kimball and he is just rolling and he's punching out everybody and he's, you know, and like Kenley Johnson, if they're doing their job and they're doing it well you don 't mess with success right, and it's, you just don 't mess with
2: that and it 's also human nature, you know you can say what we want of like, oh well, you know you should hey Craig Kimball, you should be able to pitch in the seventh inning you should you shouldn 't matter to you, but you know it, it, you know it, this is this is probably when we go back to I go back to the first time closer by committee was sort of thrown out there. well, mm-hmm. the problem was is that you know, Billy, like baseball players like routine, they like sort of knowing what they 're going to do. And and that's just how it is. I mean, sometimes some guys can adjust, and guys other guys can't, and that's okay if they can't. They're all human beings, and they succeeded in doing it a certain way. So, and I
1: think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think it's always about you know a routine, and when every, I mean, I mean we are so. I I, would get to the field. I would leave to go to the field at most stadiums when I was playing. You know, I would be there before 3 o'clock. I mean, I'd be there probably at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Edit, and I wasn't pitching until 10 o'clock. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, you know, I, I mean, I'm there hours before. I mean, there's really no reason for me to be there. But it was my routine. I was there. And, I mean, that five minutes that I might have to, to do something, with, I had to mainly make sure I was prepared. That was my thing. I and mean, everybody likes that routine, I, you know. I mean, Listen to uh, Trevor or Mariano or uh, these guys and how they go through their first five innings of a game. I mean, for me, I would I would come out and watch the first three innings on the bench with the team, and you know, I, I would feel no stress, and I would be just happy-go-lucky, and then I go in, and then I get stretched and rubbed down and freshened up, and then... About the fifth inning, you know, sixth inning, I'm down to bullpen, and all of a sudden I'm stretching. I'm, you know, and all of a sudden the butterflies and the nerves, and the, you're starting to you're starting to look at the the lineup card of okay, they're here. If this guy gets these three guys, this you now this set up for here, and then, you know, you're you're up by five, and then in the eighth you're up by four, and you're kind of going, well, how's this going to work? And so you got this high anxiety moments where you're like, I got to kind of be ready, but I, they may use this guy, you know, I don't know if, it, and then all of a sudden it's like. Like oh hey game on it's three round two round one round lead and you're in and so when it's a safe situation those are the easiest because you knew what you were going you were looking at core going well this is who I got to face this is where we're going to sit and you you knew what you're up against but it is you're, it's a routine I mean it's all about knowing what you've got coming at you so you prepare you can be prepared ahead of time and that's why I was at the field early that's why I'd get there and you'd see Bagwell and Biggio at, two o'clock you'd see guys who you know and it wasn't necessarily just to sit there and, and watch a film it was hey I gotta make sure that I'm here I gotta make sure everything's set the way I need to I gotta I've gotta create lessons hiding and stuff like that for these moments and so you know uh, a closer above anything loves a routine and if I know what I've got i'm i'm good it's the weird moments where you're sitting there and all of a sudden you think <laughs> you're not going to be in the game and then you are put in the game. i mean i remember larry durker bringing me in chicago in the sixth inning one time
2: hmm. i mean did you know you're coming I, in or was it out of the absolute, blue
1: oh it was out of the blue i'd i'd literally just walked down to to uh, in Wrigley, down to the bullpen i'm sitting there and, uh it was t- it, well i'll tell you it was like two outs uh hmm. O2 count against uh, Scott Service. Mm. I think that was who it was. And so I come in, you know, and he goes, he gets me up, and, and, you know, which is kind of weird. And so, but I'm young enough and still dumb enough to just, hey, it is what it is, right? You know, I'm not a <laughs> thank you closer, up, but I get thrown in. And so, well, he, so enough, he walks out, calls time, brings me in. I've got O2 count on Scott Service. Mm. Well, you know. What do you, you, you got, there's a guy on second, maybe a guy on third, I can't remember. But he, you know, he brings me in and, you know, I mean, what you would think the odds are in my favor. Yeah. Because, you know, so I come in there and first pitch I throw, like, you know, of course I'm going to throw a fastball. <laughs> I mean, so you really just, so I throw a fastball. I think Scott's service hits a, a line drive over shortstop, scores a run, you know, and you, I got a blow I got a blown save for that. So you're sitting there going, what? <laughs> so, I mean, those are so those are situations, you know, the routine's different, but it's kind of like coming out, you know, in the eighth inning, they go, okay, you got one out, man on third base. The guy hits a ground ball to the second baseman. That guy scores, mm. ties the game up. Well, you didn't do your job. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, those are, those are, but those are the routines. You're the routine,
0: to, to have that
1: routine, you are so much. So, I, I could tell you. I remember coming into a set in Houston where I had that situation come up and one out the eighth inning. They bring me in, man on third base. You've got, I think it's Juan Pierre, which that's fun. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, he's not a strikeout guy. So he's up. I remember coming up and I walked him. I literally pitched like, I mean, he was Babe Ruth. I did not pitch to him and put him on base because, I, and yeah, I knew he was going to steal second. You know, but I was almost pitching myself to be in a in a basis loaded situation. I remember getting out of it. I remember getting out of the situation on a double play. But I remember coming off um, and and burn rule and them asking me, like, Why why would you do that? I'm like well, that's I'm in a no win situation right here. I said, I you know, I you know, I did it in uh, at Dodger Stadium uh, one year. I called a I I Walked off now, held up four fingers because Jeff Kent was coming up. I've got, uh, Juan Pierre just gave me the a bat of
0: <laughs>
1: hell. And I, so I'm sitting here and he he's on first base. He's still second base. I wild pitch him over to third base. And so, I mean, and, and so now Jeff Kent comes up and I'm like, man, well, this is no brainer. <laughs> I've got, you know, and I hate to say this no more, but I had no more Garcia <laughs> Perez on deck and I'm like, I've got two outs, I'm not facing Jeff Kent, who I know personally, and I, you know, I'm gonna go face no more. And I end up striking out no more, but understanding how to put yourself in a situation to be successful. And so sometimes just, you know, living and dying with a decision and having the repercussion. I mean, I remember uh, Willie Randolph about to have a heart attack when I did that. He was like, I can't, why would you put the winning run on first base? Why would you, do I'm like, 'cause I'm I'm trying to win the game. And, you know, in my mind I'm going, I'm trying to win the game this way. I, but that's not the way I do not want to I don't want to go out there and play extra innings. I want to get this guy out and I gotta get I gotta find I've got two opportunities to find one guy in the next two hitters that I can get out. That's all I gotta do. I gotta figure those two guys out. so routine is a big thing and, and knowing who you got coming up and so those plays such a big part of you know that mindset. And when you're a seventh inning guy, I guarantee you you're not looking at who you got coming up. Nowadays they tell you who you know, to be ready for Oh listen, you get you
2: get the iPad out, you get the you get the whole ball of wax, yeah. So but you know it's this is when you talk about this stuff, this is why baseball is awesome, man. Like it's because it's so much, there's so much that goes into it. There's so much that goes into every at bat. There's so much that goes in every at bat to lead to the next at bat, to lead to the next at bat, to lead to the next inning, whatever it is. But this is like, this is why, you know, we, we've talked a lot about this in this sort of baseballs and boring conversation. Everybody just slow down a bit. Understand that this is a pretty cool sport. Um, Speaking of pretty cool sports and speaking of routines, I should know this. Did you have a Did you have a constant walking music?
1: I did. Okay, I, I, re- I did. It was Inner Sandman, which turned out to be the uh, biggest pain in the ass I've ever incurred <laughs> a- encountered in, in my whole life. Just because <laughs> you know everybody thought it was Mariano's song. I was in the national league and had no idea. This is before you really had cell phones. That's that's something. That, the internet was just a new thing. It was, you know, ESPN had just started. It hadn't been, you know, really a big deal on TV. And, and so I, I, Jeff Bagwell goes, hey, you need, to play, you, you need some walk music because they've been playing George Strait's Call Me the Fireman. And so, you know, and he was like, that's terrible. That's terrible. So, you know, that's what he, he proposes. So he picks this. And it goes on. But, you know, then all of a sudden you go to, guess what? You come to play, you're in the New York Mets, and it was my own. Oh, man, it was, I mean, you had, it was crazy. It was crazy to think about all the grief that I caught over a song. I mean, and if it wouldn't have been me being so hard hit, I would have just said, you know what, we can change it. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) But they made so much, I was like,
2: But you you had it first? You had it first.
1: And that's from what i've understood they said that's what i had at first i mean i don't know i don't look into it that much i remember uh that being a huge discussion when i first got to new york and i'm like well i you know i started i was closing in uh 96 and this is when i was getting you know i i mean this was pretty much how that was uh Man, i'm,
2: I'm like gonna you. i'm gonna say you had it first i'm gonna say you had it first but so so if so take that out take entertainment out of the equation we we've talked to papa about this because you know he's gonna always say he's his is the top who, who, who had the best like so because obviously this conversation came up again this year with edwin diaz timmy timmy trumpets which was cool like i'm not gonna lie to you
1: Yes, it was. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I have heard some good ones, but his was, wow. I yeah. mean, but you know what makes that so awesome? The crowd. Yeah. You cannot have a good walk-off song if you've got, I mean, it's almost impossible to walk out to a great song when you've got, you know, 12,000 people on the stands. Now, I know it's a lot of people, but it's not in a stadium. Mm. But when you walk out, and like, Hell's Bell's, Trevor, Trevor's was I mean, you know, <laughs> he, it, that, it put, I mean, I got goosebumps on me right now because it was, you know, in 98 when we we're in the playoffs and he's, he's closing and we go out to Qualcomm and he's pitching and I mean, you hear that. <laughs> They'll go off, and I mean, you might you might as well put our hitters in the dugout. Just just don't worry about it. You're done. It's over. I mean, it was so electrifying. That was, uh, and then and then and then I'll be honest with you. Paps was really really
0: good. Mm. Paps
1: was I, I liked it. I mean, he 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 was the perfect loser <laughs> mentality. I, you know. I didn't know how me and Paps would get along when we got to Boston because the first thing he, he'd never met me. I didn't know him. The very first thing he says about me in the papers, we don't need another old guy who <laughs> comes in here and is broke down. <laughs> and I mean, so, so, you know, and so I've known Veritech and I've known Josh Beckett for a long time. And so he walks in and, you know, he's nice. He walks in and, says, hey, Wax, and I go, well, hey, let me tell you something. You do your job. I'll do my job. And we'll worry about being old. Well, the best, the reason I was able to do that was because Danny Darwin was picked up by us back in, oh ninety seven, ninety eight 97, 98, yeah. somewhere in that same time. Well, they picked him up to be a setup man for me. This guy's twice my age. And, I mean, he is hard as can be. I mean, he is tough. I, I'm already, like, intimidated. Oh, Dr. Death, just, Dr. Death, Dr. Oh, Death. Oh, my God. And so he comes up. And you know, he's, all countries can be for Texas and he's slang and he's he is he looks at me and he goes, Let me tell you something, you little shit. You do your job and I'll do mine and that's all you need to worry about. <laughs> yes, sir. I remember just going, Yes sir, yes sir. I mean, I didn't know if there was gonna be punch of stone right there or not, but I was like, Yes, sir But it was I mean and that was that was when when Paps did that and I had no I told I told Beckett and him that I was going to do that anyway. I said, I'm going to get this young pup. Said, I'm going to get him. Because, you know, unlike the guy he was talking about prior. I-
3: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the
0: MLB
2: app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game tip where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball parts used with permission.
1: I was all natural, so when I came back, I knew that I was going to be just as good. Yeah. I had no fear of that. And so, when I came back, when he, when I came back, I'm going through that. I mean, I, his face, his face was priceless. <laughs> and I mean, it was just priceless. I mean, I wish, you know, at that time I wish we'd have videoed this stuff and, so we could have pranked him later. But it was just, I mean, but, but you know, um, I love you know, it. The, I love Paps. I loved his intensity. I, you know, I love guys that ain't afraid to take the ball, win, lose, or draw. I mean, he was so much fun when he was in the bullpen. You get on the bus with him and and David Ortiz. You you, it is comedy central. I enjoyed every bit of it. He was a great teammate, and you know, you know, I, you, there's just certain guys. You're like, man, I would I would set up that guy because he's a good dude, and I you know, I, I really like him. Flash Gordon did that for me mm. twice. Mm. He came to Houston. He came, and I've known uh, Flash for a little while. He we called each other. Uh, brothers from another mother, because yeah. we're so short and we did the same thing but he told me he goes i came to houston because you're i'm a big fan of yours well i go to philly and we needed a sound man and i said i told charlman i said hey get flash you know he's and flash came to philly because i asked him to come to philly and i mean that you know there's just it's really unique how you have that 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 bond and guys that, you know, really appreciate each other. They're willing to do things maybe that, that's not going to give them the credit. And I tell you, I, you know, that's for me going to, to set up for Paps and play in Boston <laughs> and stuff like that. That was, you know, I, my first game was in Boston. I'd ever watched when I played in Cape Cod League. So I was already in love with Boston anyway. And so to get to play in that setting and then I didn't care what they wanted me to do. I was, I was, that, that was a, a big emotional thing for me. So Paps, you know, was, you know, you know i fell in love with his music anyway and i just and getting
2: to know him made it even better it's awesome well billy hey listen man you've been so generous with your time and and i am going to uh i am going to celebrate uh when you walk on that stage that uh as a a hall of famer because i know you're going to get there you deserve to be there um you know, uh, all I can do is is vote my one vote and have Shoeless Joe vote his one vote. And <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Which so, was awesome,
1: by the way. DB, that DB was so awesome. That was when when I saw that man, I, I was so touched by that because I was just like, I mean. He's not a fan of 8 man Out? Right?
2: I mean, that was just phenomenal anyway. And she was Joe Jackson. I mean, that was the epitome of just great baseball. Oh, yeah. Well, like, like I said, I mean, you know, and in, in we talked a lot about it last week. Obviously, we released it, and DB was nice enough. I, I can't thank DB enough. I didn't know him at all, Billy. I mean, I didn't know him at all, but just had this idea, and he obviously latched onto it. But at the end of the day, I said, I said, listen, this whole thing, what we did that day, it was about what was everything about baseball, which is it's about history, it's about fun, and it's about entertainment. Like, And that's what it was. And so, you know, this is, this is what the Hall of Fame conversation's about too. I mean, all of it. So it's that's good. Awesome. I, well,
1: appreciate, I really appreciate you guys. I really enjoyed that. And I'll tell you, even if I guess you wouldn't have voted for me, I would have really enjoyed watching that. Before anything, before this is all said and done, I'm a big baseball fan. I love baseball regardless of you know and and I love baseball because it is flaw it does have flaws. It's not a perfect scenario. It's it's mm-hmm. really lifelike. And so that that in itself I really appreciate what you had me on here today and, mm-hmm. and talking baseball and, and and you know, give me my whole day set now I'm gonna feel good the whole day <laughs> to right. practice and it's thirty five
2: degrees so it's gonna <laughs> be awesome. So I, I really I really appreciate well, it. Well we got a bunch of baseballs and boring T shirts for your entire team coming down mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. All right, Billy. Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.